0: we're rolling welcome back everybody episode 39 jujitsu dummies podcast we're sponsored by fight back cbd Get 20% off your order. We did go from 15 to 20% recently. Thank you, Joe. 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. Fightback is currently looking for ambassadors, and they want to sponsor fighters, jiu-jitsu fighters, wrestlers. He's into the WWE. Go to their Instagram. He put out a video recently. I reposted it on Jiu-Jitsu Dummies. Check it out. That's an awesome thing for him to do, to be going out there looking for people to sponsor. Sure. On top of that, if you don't know, Fight Back, you know, that brand is about helping people with mental health and substance abuse issues find jujitsu, right, right. get therapy through jujitsu. Justin loves talking about it. He loves talking to people about his journey. Right. He loves just helping people in general. Go check him out. He's an awesome person to work with. And, again, you don't have to buy the CBD to have a conversation with him or ask him for some help. So go check him out. I'm Milton Campus. I'm a Purple Belt out of Fight Sports in Coral Springs, Florida. You can check me out on Instagram at UncleMiltyBJJ. Me and Bo here with you today. Say hello to everybody, Bo.
1: Hola. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joining us in just a little bit is Professor Richard Bressler. He was Jorge and Gracie's first regular student in the United States, All right? Super excited to talk to him today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the early days of jiu-jitsu, as well as his new book, Worth Defending. Did we get a shot in there?
1: Horian was, uh, was the guy who brought jiu-jitsu in. To the U.S.?
0: Right? Yeah, pretty much. He's credited with... Oh, shit. I mean, there's some... People that have different stories, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but for them, still, I mean, it's like he's credited for bringing of- Gracie Jiu Jitsu to the US. Gracie Jujitsu right, to the US. I and, and I mean, Jiu in general. We'll talk to,
1: to right, Richard yeah, about his take so, on, you know, on, on the background. Yeah, he's,
0: um, you know, that's a big part. Yeah, hold of it. it up here. Put it here. Yeah. Awesome book, worth defending. Just finished it last night. Uh, I highly suggest, uh, highly recommend it. Okay. Um, we're also sponsored by Technique.io, think cameo for martial artists. Uh, you can upload your training or competition videos and get professional feedback on your technique. Pros include Robert Drysdale. He's a former UFC fighter, big UFC on tonight, by, by the way. Uh, Elliot Marshall uh, is on that uh, on that website. Aaron Hurley, who uh, we had on our last podcast. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu Dummies are on there as well. If you feel like you have the chops to review videos, reach out to alex at technique.io go to their instagram send them a dm let them know the dummy sent you i I would say it's probably if you're a kind of a high level competitor or at least a brown if you don't compete a a brown or black belt i think probably that's going to be the best fit but you'll actually have people submit videos to you
1: pay you to review their videos you know who shouldn't who shouldn't be on there who shouldn't be on there master (laughs) ken Master Ken. <laughs> he's
0: on there. Is, is he, he? Master Ken, is he no. on
1: there? Is Master Ken Is he on, on? there? Oh, my God. I think he, All he's going to do is look. recommend you kick him in the balls. Yeah, yeah. That's, Stomp the groin. Stomp the groin. <laughs> Shout out to Master Ken. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. So if you choose the dummies, if you want us to review your video, you know, we're probably going to give a little funny take, but we also may do it at the end of an episode when we have time. We'll actually do some of those that we've done a couple on, on, on previous episodes. So if you choose us, you might also have it done on air that's why okay? you
1: get the behind the scenes on air yeah
0: yeah
1: nobody else <laughs> you'll is get us
0: a, a bunch of idiots talking about remember i was supposed to call this jujitsu idiots but i felt that it was too a little hard, yeah. a little harsh. huge shout out to flow and roll at flow underscore n underscore roll on instagram get 20 percent off your online t-shirt order t-shirt well t-shirt rash guards or gi order with code jjd at flow and uh, and huge thank you to sean for the giveaway that he did last month, we just awarded that um, last week. He gave away $100 worth of jujitsu yeah, gear. That's cool. So hopefully more to come. Gis are All not right. cheap, are they? Uh, a good gi is going to be about 100 bucks oh, yes. Minimum, anywhere up to a couple hundred, depending on, on what that's you're getting. It's definitely more than my uh, robe. Let me say, on Amazon, you can get one for about 100 or less. But a really good gi, yeah, buck uh, cool. fifty. That's
1: more than my professional robe. That robe that I've that, seen you, yeah, the one yeah. everyone sees. When mm-hmm. I live in a white robe, yeah. so
0: that's. <laughs> a shout out to our Patreon podcast supporters. Um, we have a few uh, gym sponsors, so let's the first shout out: Carlson Gracie Broward County in North Lauderdale, down here in Florida. CarlsonGracieBrowardCounty dot com is the website. Go check them out. As always, tell them big. Uh, tell Big J that the dummy sent you. Uh, John Way Martial Arts. He was a recent guest. Mm-hmm. That that, pod, I, that I had a lot of fun on that podcast that as well. Podcast, First yeah. time we we're kind of talking about different martial arts as well. So uh, John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida. JohnWayMartialArts.com. You know they do not only Jujitsu but Wing Chun, Muay Thai, Choy LaFoot, uh, uh, San Shao. Uh, they do condition MMA conditioning, knife fighting, the and Maca- they offer classes for kids, adult, teens, and adults. So
1: the Macarena? No, no, not the Macarena. <laughs>
0: Now, our, our regular, you know, uh, podcast patrons include Robert Walker, Frank House, Wolsey Rivera. Thank you guys for, for supporting the podcast. Uh, Boa Athletics, check them out on IG at BOA underscore athletics. Michael Pixley Jr., Jason Smiley, Britt Tavar, uh, James Fisher, CJ Carroll, Mission 22. Again, another great organization mm-hmm. uh, helping people, helping veterans find jiu-jitsu. Chuck Reddoor and Roberto Santiago. Okay. If you'd like to support the show, visit patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. Join and you'll automatically be entered to win up to $100 in jujitsu swag every single month. So we put not only our podcast patrons, but our listeners, excuse me, our, our listeners who send questions. So every month we put them into a raffle and we choose a winner. Okay. Nice one. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share wherever you're watching or listening. We really appreciate it. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to click the little bell on our page. <laughs> You'll get notifications <laughs> each time we launch new episodes, all right, or any new video. All right, that's everything, Bo. You got anything today?
1: Yes. No. Good. Okay.
0: Good. Guess. All right. Let's get Richard in here. Ready? Let's do Let's
1: this. Do this.
0: Okay. Joining us today is Professor Richard Bresler. He's widely known as Horian Gracie's first regular U.S. student, and now author of the new book *Worth Defending*. You could hold it up now, Richard. I have we have <laughs> we have a shot of it here too. I have a shot of it on the on the table. *Worth Defending*: How Gracie Jiu-Jitsu saved my life. Welcome, Professor. How are you? Thank you,
2: thank you. Nice to be here.
0: Now, now, I I always like to ask because some pipe, sometimes people want to be a little bit more informal. Do you prefer a professor? Do you prefer a Richard? Does it matter? Yeah. You don't care. I prefer professor. Okay. (laughs) It makes me comfortable.
2: (laughs) Okay. That's fine. I I answer to, you know, I've answered to worse.
0: (laughs) You've obviously met my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I was, uh, I was just saying before we came on, I just finished the book last night. I had a few pages that I finished last night and I couldn't understand why I had this overwhelming feeling of sadness. And then this morning I realized it was just like, cause I wanted, I wanted more. I was like, I was, it, it, it's the first time I, other than audiobooks that I've read a book from cover to cover in such a short time since I can't even remember. I mean, I usually get through something and then, you know, put it down halfway and then since never you, finish since, it. <laughs> since the C-spot Run book,
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right,
0: since <laughs> the Dr. Seuss. So so I, I, I couldn't figure out that's it. And it was just like I wanted more. Like I wanted to pick it up again tonight and, and go through it. You know, I'm like to, it just became a normal part of my day to, to you know, take a half hour, hour and, and do some reading. So um, I, I thought it was great. Highly recommend it to, to anyone out there. Um, you'll kind of get some insight as to what we're talking about today. But let's start with the title of the book. Where did that come from for you? Worth defending.
2: Uh, I had originally a uh, one of my students a couple of years ago that was starting to help me because you know I was told for so long you should write a book, you should write a book, and I went yeah 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 I should write a book, but I'm not a writer. You know I'm a storyteller, so. I went over with at this woman's house and she goes, I have a writing background. So I went over and I started, you know, we used to go like call it between me, her, and a couple other students. It's like Richard's coming over at story time. (laughs) So she would have her, her Mac and she'd be just like touch typing and had a recorder on and just, you know. So we did this for about three months. And she listened to a lot of podcasts she watched i gave her some ufc discs they you know the one two three so she watched them just to get a, an idea but it kind of came to a point she called the the book it was called get in my guard okay and we kind of hit a, a stale it just kind of it just kind of for whatever reason stopped and I was kind of like, went like, oh, wait a second. We got a lot of this stuff done and I want to, I don't want to stop. So I put something out on Facebook. I said, I'm, as people know, I'm writing a book and I'm looking for a title. And Scott came in and uh, reached out to me and said, hey, I also have some writing, you know, I'm a writer. I've written, you know, a few books. And uh, I think we did like a little, not a contest, but a poll as to which possible names were there and people like worth defending most. And so I kind of went, you know what, it it makes sense. And I think it's something that Horian has said in the past that he, cause Scott did a lot of research and I think that he picked it up and I went like, you know what? I like it. And, uh, that became it.
0: Now, did you know Scott before that you were? You, no, S- you-
2: Scott was just somebody who, uh, because Scott is a Steve Maxwell black belt, you know, good friends with Steve Maxwell mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I helped him get certified when he first got his teaching certification because mm-hmm. he used to come out from the East coast. And nobody knew the self-defense and knew what Horian wanted as much as I did. Mm-hmm. So when, when people came out, especially the guys him and even when Phil Miglar came out after that, I, you know, I would work with these guys and, and because I knew exactly they would they, they knew the move, but there's a verbiage mm-hmm. that Horian wanted. And since I was, you know, in the garage and with him all the time and and just I saw this. And I knew how to, I mean, I I was basically what he used to call, like, be like little monkeys, repeat, you know, in other words, it's, or it's called training, you know, you go to McDonald's, and they get trained a certain way. Well, this he was training, and I knew how to pass that along. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, so Scott was a black belt under him. And so he reached out, and we started talking. And I said, you know what, I think uh, this is a better fit. Yeah. So
0: so so, we, so so for everyone that's listening, Scott Burr is his last name, right? Scott, Scott Burr, Burr, yes. He is your co-author on the book. Yes.
3: Okay. Um,
0: and and now what, the, the woman that was helping you at first, were you able to use some of that content, or did you have to leave that behind and start fresh with Scott? Um, I think
2: basically it was pretty much. I, maybe some of the content was used, but most of it came from Scott.
3: Okay,
0: that's good. And and I mean. I'm going to assume that you're very happy with, with, with the outcome and I guess that relationship. Somebody who knew or knows jujitsu was was obviously a much better fit for, for you and, and writing a book like this.
2: It is. When I look at the book again, there's a couple things that, you know, because last year, like everybody, was mm-hmm. kind of a rough year. But I had some personal things happen. My mom fell down and broke her hip in the uh, in the spring of last year my mom's, you know, she's ni- she just turned 90, well, she's going to be 95 in, uh, in June. Wow. So I got preoccupied. I'm, I'm, I live in Santa Monica, California. Um, my mom was in a, a, a rehab center in the hospital when she had her surgery. When she got out five weeks later, because she lives in a three-story place, my sister drove down from Washington and we drove up there. And spent a month with her because I was doing some healing work with her and just spent some time up there because my sister has a level place Mm -hmm. and it was easy for my mom to get rehab. And then we came back and I stayed with her for a month. So I was so preoccupied that, you know, Scott was starting to get frustrated because I didn't want to do anything. I was focused on the things that were most important to me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking back there would be little things, but for the most part, I'm very happy. I'm extremely happy with the book and, and extremely happy with like the kind of reaction that you said you had that yeah. you wanted more. Yeah. That's something that I'm hearing a lot. Yeah. And how can you not be happy with that?
3: Yeah.
0: Do you, do you think you'd write another book? I mean, do you feel like you have more in you more stories to tell or at least there's always this more. St- <laughs> <laughs>
2: I look as you'll get to know, if you've seen anything, I can talk.
0: <laughs> but, you're in the right place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, I did a, a podcast with some guys from that are students. One of them is a uh, LAPD cop. It was, I think, called the Armbar Podcast. Okay. And he says, I asked him how long we normally talk. He says, usually an hour, hour and a half. We were 15 minutes short of three hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know... It's, and, and that's my, that's my teaching style. I wish I had longer in a class yeah. because when I teach a move and I'm, you know, like I'll, whatever move it is. And I'll say, Oh yeah, Elio Gracie showed me this and this is why he showed me this. And so I'll start to talk about it and, you know, and I'm telling the story about yeah. why I'm doing the move, which to me, you're, and I wrote, I, I talk about a guy named Dr. Dossi who was a therapist. And one of the things that he said, he said, People, if instead of just showing them something, if you can get them immersed in a story, it helps them learn better.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So it became a style of mine.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I talked about on our last podcast about how I like to learn. Um, I definitely like to see a move, you know, multiple times being shown. Um, I know in other parts of my life, I do like to hear the background. Uh, I I used to, I'm in the, my day job is uh, I'm I'm in the marketing field. And when I train other people, I don't, I usually tell them, they ask me a question and I'll tell them, okay, I'm going to give you the answer, but I'm also going to tell you, I want to understand why you're asking the question. And I usually can tell them why, because I just, I, I know that our industry, and then I say, and this is, this is the answer. And then this is what you're going to ask me next. Cause I know what's going to happen after you tell the client this, this is going to happen. So I like to tell them all those things. Cause I know I've been there and and I know, and it's the way that I like to learn. I like a little bit of background on something. I like to see the technique and then obviously like kind of the drilling side and then the what's next or the defense. So I, I like to see all those. It resonates with, with me versus show me the move and let me go try to rip somebody's arm off. It's, right. it's the way I like to learn. So we discussed that a little bit on the last podcast. Um, so let, let's kind of take a step back and, you know, I know this, I'm, I'm asking you some, some questions that, that I kind of already know, cause I've read the book now and I've, and I've watched some of your stuff, but you know, we have a, a, a very young following, uh, you know, we have like, you know, all levels, but uh, we definitely have like, you know, young kids and, you know, right up to purple of all ages. But when I say young, you know, I mean, kind of young in the jujitsu world, so they might not necessarily know who you are. So let, let's make sure that, that everybody understands, um, let's talk about. You meet Horian Gracie, selling him a bed, and he invites you. to Tell you, if you can, tell us that story on, on how you met Horian and, and how you wound up taking your, your very first free class from him.
2: Um, I was in a business going nowhere in the fast food business that I really have not liked for years. And I was using uh, drugs on a regular basis, smoking a lot of pot.
3: All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that wasn't me. That was, that was my producer. But go on.
2: <laughs> my mom's gonna hear this when you cut that out.
0: <laughs>
2: um, but you know, and also doing cocaine and quaaludes. I mean, I was just really.
3: <laughs>
2: you guys are too young to know
1: quaaludes.
0: No, okay? no, no. no, no, no. no my producer guy. might might know. I'm the old thing guy here, about I, a thing or two.
1: Yeah.
0: But, okay. Uh, and, anyways, so. I had
2: had a uh, through a friend of mine that was selling water beds. i I bought a mattress and then I bought a set, so I had an extra mattress. And I said, "Look, why don't you just take it back?" And he says, "Can't do, Richard. And they come in a set." So I just had an extra mattress. So I put it in the recycler, and uh, the recycler that was you know the answer to the Craigslist or whatever it is. Because there was, was no internet, it was just something that a paper that people got delivered, or it was a free thing.
0: I've heard of those. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and uh, so I put an ad in there, and Horian's roommate left me a message on my uh, on my machine. When I got back, I called Horian, or I called the number. Horian answered, and he said that was my roommate and I said something about the mattress and he said he already bought one and I was I was really literally about to hang up and he goes, but I'm looking for one. So he was up at my house in a half an hour, he was lived in Redondo Beach, drove up, we talked, I gave him a killer deal on three sets of sheets and as we're walking out, you know, he he gives me the, like, have you ever done any martial arts? And, and no one, no guy who's in their late twenties wants to sell, no, I'm not, not me. You know, yeah, I boxed, you know, and, you know, but I really, I mean, I literally boxed enough just so I knew enough to get hurt. I mean, I knew how to keep (laughs) my hands up and a little bit of move, bob and weave and all this little stuff, but three, four, five months worth. So he's, you know, he tells me about his family and, you know, and, and invites me for a free class. And I'm like, you know, Let's do it but when he says uh, we're champions and this i'm like going oh man is this guy <laughs> full of shit or whatever that he's just you know but i didn't want to question him i didn't want to get my ass kicked for
3: you know yeah.
2: so i went down there and uh yeah you know, it, 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 i was hooked from the very first class yeah I keep hearing just, it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My producer, he keeps on hearing us talk about that. You know, uh, and, and again, I think I've heard you say this as well. It, it's very addicting. It's it's an addictive sport. You can, it, you're there's no in-between. You either love it or you hate it. You're either going to do it or you're not. Uh, you can't be uh, somebody who comes to a class once a month. It, that just doesn't work, especially right. kind of in the world, at least I know the world that I train in now where, you know, people are trying to compete and it gets very tough and um, yeah, it's, it's not something that you could just do, you know, incredibly casual. I, I train at least three times a week and I almost consider that too casual, uh, these days, but I'm getting up there where I know I have to put a day between training now. So at least, you know, to let my body recover, uh, but right. we, we've been trying to get him on the mat for a very long time now and he keeps on hearing <laughs> that. So, uh, so I'm glad he's hearing it again. Uh, just try it and you're going to, you're probably going to fall in love with it.
3: Uh, yeah. You know. no,
2: no, no, Don't do it. We already have <laughs> enough guys
0: doing it. <laughs>
2: But, you know what the thing is let me let me just correct something that you said jiu-jitsu is a what a sport uh,
0: yeah. let's talk about it <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. well, it's on my it's on my kind of list of questions here to kind of delve into a, a little bit and you you're you are correct again I've heard you talk about this and and in, in the book you talk right. about this where We've lost the self-defense aspect of what Jujitsu was supposed to be. Right. Uh, you know, I, hopefully my coach doesn't hear this podcast. <laughs> but, um, I haven't. I've been at my gym for five years, and I can't say that we've ever done so, uh, any type of self-defense. My first gym I did do a little bit where I was there for two years. Uh, but my current gym, it is more about kind of, you know, training for, you know, the tournament style. Um, Right. I love it. I love my coach. I love you, coach. I love you, professor. Um, But uh, yeah, yes. You know, I I do recognize that.
2: Uh, And and I'm not putting down, you know, what I like to say, is. to me, it's the best self-defense that there is. And it has a huge sportive aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but one of the things that Horian told me early on was you're coming in here not to, not to like, you know, become a world champion. You're coming in here because it comes down to, you want to be able to protect yourself out in the street. That's, that's why, that's why guys learn. That's why they go and take boxing or karate or what, or Aikido. You know, there's very few people that say, yeah, I want to learn for the art, like Aikido, the the flowing aspect of it. There's an innate thing that, we all want to know how to defend ourselves and that's where you know i mean and it's it's i'm not putting down what other people are doing Just is fun and it's you know and obviously that you love it i love it but it's it's still in the back of my mind when i teach i want people to because I, i'm never going to become a world champion never had at aspirations to but i want to know how to defend myself in the street if needed Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah well well i'm glad that you say it that way um i do think that and and you're doing when so everybody knows you trained jujitsu in a krav maga gym is it actually called krav maga is that the name of the gym or is there a a gym
2: well it's been almost a year now since i've taught there okay and i and i and i but i did teach there for a long time and then one of the owners left and i was working for him and he has it's a fitness krav maga but this guy's a purple belt in Mm jiu-jitsu and so he wanted me to come teach for him so i was doing that you know a day a week and he wanted me another day and then another guy from krav maga left and started his own place. So I went up there and he just calls his 360 self-defense. Okay. So, you know, it's, but I did do it for Krav Maga and they called it ground fighting because they have their own self-defense, you know, their gun, their knife, their stuff like that. So what I say is, cause I don't do very much stand up self-defense there. I just say, look, if, I helped develop their ground program, mm-hmm. but there's still so many things that they need to know how to master because of their mentality. They, they want to get the thing over with. If they're attacked in the street, they would just want to get up and get away. And I just say, look, that's great. And I suggest anybody who gets into a fight in the street, don't stay there and turn it into a grappling match. So if you can get away, get away. But if you have some bigger guy and he's all over you, you have to defend yourself first before you think about oh, I'm gonna get him an arm like a triangle, whatever, choke him out. It's it doesn't happen like that. When you get somebody who's bigger and they're all over you, defend yourself. Don't be in a hurry because if you gas out before they gas out, you're in trouble. Yeah. And you know, and then they'll say, well, what about you know, multiple attackers? And I always like Horian's answer for that. And he says, can you imagine fighting two of you? I mean, anybody, it it takes a special breed of person to deal with multiple attackers. It's not about so much the technique. It's about, it's not about the, it's about the, what is it, the size of the dog in the fight? It's the the size of the fight. That's right. That's, it's the fight and the dog. So, and that just may be a survival thing. But most people don't have that. So, yeah. anyways,
0: I know that once I once I really started to learn how to do jujitsu, and and in my first school, I did a little stand up. We had the you know uh, true MMA classes. You know, we had a, a Muay Thai instructor. Once I really learned how to fight, it, it was much easier to walk away from a situation, to let somebody mouth off and not say anything to not flip off the guy that's cutting me off in traffic. You, you just kind could of- could you wanted- teach me that? <laughs> I i think I not only became more calm, but at the same time, it's like, I guess too, once you start training with people that know more than you, you realize, well, I don't know if that guy that's mouthing off of there really knows how to how to defend himself or what he knows how to do. If he knows how to fight, we're going to have a problem. If he doesn't know how to fight, I might hurt him. So let me not even get involved with this, where I might not have done that in my younger days. But it, it just became easier. And it's like, you know, your ego doesn't get in the way as much. You like, I, you know, I know how to defend myself. Uh, we had uh, Brandon McCathren, one of uh, uh, one of the first 10th Planet Black Belts in, in the southeast uh, under Eddie Bravo. And he said, I know how to do. I know I'm good at jujitsu. I have nothing to prove to you. I know that I'm good. I know what I'm doing. So I don't need that problem. I don't need to, do, you know, whether it's a student coming in or a problem on the street, I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I know, I know that I'm good uh, for me again. I just, you know, in my mind, I'm bigger guy in my class. I'm, you know, over two thirty. I don't want to, I really don't want to hurt somebody. I could obviously get hurt. I'm not saying that I can't, somebody can't kick my butt, but I just don't want to hurt anybody. And, you know, all the things that come along with that, you know, whether it's getting in trouble, getting arrested you know, and then it's fingers pointing who started what. But anyway, I, I am a believer in in what you're saying. I do agree with you that you know that the, the self defense aspect needs to be worked into into the classes a bit more. Again, I did do it at my right. first school. So uh, so let's go let's go back a little bit. So you go you you get invited to by Horry and Gracie. You get invited to uh, to his his home right to his garage right. He had mats in his garage at that point. So you yes. go over. And and what is that like? You've got some guy that just bought a bed from you. You have no, you have no clue who this guy is and you decide, let me go over and and take this free martial arts class.
2: Well, I have no idea what to expect. I mean, none. I went to his house. The garage is open. There's some mats in there. And then there's like uh, some kind of like drapes that are covering off the like, you know, whatever stuff that's, you know, normal crap that you keep in a garage you had yeah. it like covered but the, the things that my eye went right to the knife on the wall and <laughs> there was a knife a club and a, and a you know a toy gun and but i just i was just i was just like staring at that knife going well that's that's a real knife you know <laughs> and and i went you know being coming from doing drugs on a regular basis, it affects your head. And you know, the paranoia that one goes through and that I was going through, I went, Oh my God, I don't know if anyone knows where I'm at. This guy could kill me, and basically I'm done. And uh, but then his demeanor was like he was so calm and you know, just doing some of the stand-up stuff, and when it stuffed when he twist a wrist and and I, he'd see me kind of wince, and he would grab my arm like, you know. And I'm like, whoa, this guy is like, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get hurt. So we did a couple stand-up things, and then he says, okay, why don't you lay down, please? And I'm like, um, <laughs> here it comes.
3: Now I get stabbed. Like <laughs>
2: lay down, please. It's like, you know, and, and he gives me the same speech. Well, you know, 70 or 85 percent of all fights go to the ground, and so want to know what you do in case of this. So he, you know, I lay down, he mounts on top, says, okay, what would you do? You know, and I struggled a little bit. Now, I'm not, I'm a little less than 230.
0: <laughs> Wait, about 225? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know,
2: I, I was maybe 150 at the time. Now I'm 140. And, uh, and he, Horin was maybe 175. And, I just, I struggled for a few minutes and not even a few minutes, probably 30 seconds. And I realized I'm not getting out. And then he says, okay, why don't you mount on top of me? And one of the things that he did, which made it always easier. And I learned this. He says, okay, hold me down. Hold me really tight. You know, because the more you, the more you commit to holding somebody down, the easier it can do to get your escape. So I basically I would hold him down tight and I'm holding him and he grabs my wrist and trusts my foot and rolls me out. And I'm like, huh, that was pretty damn easy. <laughs> and then he showed me and, you know, we, I did the, the, the half hour class and went like, wow, this was this was quite amazing. I didn't get hurt. It was fun. I learned some things. And then, you know, I went to change out of my game. And he says, come on to the kitchen, you know, and makes me a glass of fresh watermelon juice, you know, with a couple of dates with cream cheese in the middle, kind of like an Oreo cookie that's healthier for you.
3: <laughs>
2: and I was like, wow, you know, this this is this is good, you know. So I went like, okay, how do I how do I get another class? And he just said, okay, well, make an appointment and it's ten dollars a half an hour, and I'm and I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. And so here I am doing jujitsu still, still.
0: Well, how long has it been aside then? from the pandemic? When did you start in, uh, in,
2: um, July of
1: 1979. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow.
0: It's been a minute. It wasn't recent. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no, the story, the story wasn't recent. That, that
0: was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, we're going back to the, to the, the first days here. Cool. I, I, I have a, uh, I want to get your insight on this. And, and again, I've, I think I've heard you kind of touch on it. Uh, and, and maybe you've even t- you touched on in the book, I believe. So, controversy or maybe non controversy over the history of Gr- Gracie Jiu Jitsu, where, you know, okay, okay, Horian comes to the United States, but the story of Jiu Jitsu, maybe in Brazil, you know, there were other people doing Jiu Jitsu. There were other what? families doing jujitsu. Yeah. Um, breaking, <laughs> no. news, breaking news. We're going to breaking news. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so, uh, and you know, uh, I guess what are your thoughts on those, uh, those other stories? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you just hear the Gracie, if you just hear the Gracie side of it, it almost sounds like they invented jujitsu where <laughs> there, you know, they, Hey, there were other people doing jujitsu and you know, who changed, uh, is it Maeda, uh, was it Maeda yeah. right in, in Brazil? So who you know? Other people obviously tr- would have trained with Maeda, and then okay, they've got they went off and did their version of jujitsu. I, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, um, again, controversy or non-controversy? Well, you know,
2: you know that there's a controversy behind it because Robert Drysdale, but wrote a book, okay, and I think he is, has a documentary also, and you know, and I spoke to to Robert after I heard him on uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu Rocks okay. with uh, Marty Josie. So I, you know, I had a conversation about a week after and he was telling me, he says, Richard, you know, he, he said a little bit about what was said, what was going on in Brazil. He said, they weren't the only ones. One of the things it seems like to me, you know, because there was also that book written by Carlos Gracie's daughter or granddaughter. You know, it's a huge thick book that I read part of. And the family seems like it was much more divided than I originally thought when I met Horian. I thought they were one big happy united family. And you know, like myself, um, Horian is a, a storyteller. And I hear different things than what he told me so the only thing that i can really say for sure is what happened after he got here Mm. because there's so much i I wasn't there um i don't know if it's stuff that he's made up or was told to him by his father i mean i mean i I don't know i don't know what happened on the other side Mm. obviously they're the ones that did the most marketing, mm-hmm. just like, I think it was Helson, Hel- Helson, that was in San Francisco before Horian. And I just saw a video recently of him doing jujitsu on the park. Supposedly it was in 1975, which is four years before I started. Yeah. So I don't know if he was training people. I don't know if he's the person he was training is the first student of jujitsu in this country, but it doesn't matter because no one has stepped out of the, you know, Oh yeah. I took a class from him up in San Francisco in 1974 or five or six or seven. No one said anything. Mm-hmm. And so I only know what happened after he got here.
0: Gotcha. And, and along with that, what is really not in dispute is that Elio Gracie helped create helped change jujitsu, at least the jujitsu that he learned, he changed it for his body type, for the type of person he was, and that's what he taught his kids. That's what Horian brought here to the U.S. Yes. That's not, that's not in dispute, that that lineage of Grace, essentially Gracie jujitsu, right, is what you would, you would call it, Gracie jujitsu, right. um, is, is what so many of the schools here are learning today. With, right. we would say the majority. I, mean, I I can't maybe make that bold of a statement, but most. Um, again, I'm maybe not saying most, but, but a lot of schools are training Gracie Jiu-Jitsu or a variation of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu because of of Elio Gracie.
2: Sticking to the, the ideals of Jiu-Jitsu, that's hopefully what they're doing because, one of the things that I teach, especially, and it works better now that i'm older because you know being in my late 60s i think getting into a fight is first of all something that's the last thing i want to do the last thing i think about doing even though i've been i've been uh, one of those guys that's when someone's cut me off i've given them some sign language
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh you know and i went like oh god richard you know and 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 i've said things you know i'm a human being going through whatever and like my mom she goes richard she goes read in the book something about teaching patience and relax i says mom can you imagine how i'd be without you just <laughs> yeah
3: right
2: yeah so you know i mean i i i actually have jumped out of the car before when some guy was giving me a hard time really and and it turns out the guy saw me, you know, and I'm going like, Richard, you're not intimidating. So, you know, and actually when the guy did and I and I went and talked to him just to explain like, wait a second, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and you're being impatient. And, and when I jumped out and the guy jumped out and I, and I kept behind a door, behind his door so he couldn't swing. And so we after we talked, I, we kind of reasoned with each other and we're both old guys anyhow so he got back in his car nothing happened we talked everything was fine he started to drive off he stops he comes out of his car again walks up to my door sticks his hand out and said thank you very much for handling it like that yeah. and you know it was really good and i just went like you know because i one of the things i i, I don't want to fight so when it comes to jiu-jitsu i said guys jiu-jitsu is I treat it as a defense because I said, if I go on the attack and I don't have the wind that I once had, and if I get into a scuffle with a guy 20 years younger than me, I'm not going to last. So I show them how I can keep somebody off. Who's got 50 or 60 pounds on me, just being defensive. And I said, look, you take a, a a a woman, you know, not, not this isn't a sexist thing, mm-hmm. but generally they're smaller. A lot of women are smaller. I have women, you know, that are a hundred and ten pounds, hundred and twenty pounds. And, you know, they're not athletes. I said, I want to teach them how to be defensive so they can get away, or at least not think about attacking them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, and those are the principles that I learned from Horian, that I learned from Elliot. I mean, they all told me, they said, it's, it's defense first, defend yourself first. Hoist told me, Horian told me, Hickson told me, I think those guys kind of knew a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, I went, Oh, okay. This is the way that works for me.
0: And you've had the opportunity. You had the opportunity to train with all of those, those, those names, all those people you just mentioned, right? You had, You trained with Hickson. You trained trained with Grandmaster Elio Gracie. Um, I mean, that's just, I I don't, in the moment, I've got to assume that you didn't realize how big that was (laughs) as it is now. You know, now it's just like, obviously, we're sitting here, you know, because you've had those experiences. Do you, you know, how do you look back on that when you just, when you sit back and you're just thinking, you know, you're by yourself and you're thinking about these things? Do you, do you really understand? how how huge that is to you know guys like me that that have come after you
2: yes yeah exactly and you know i was very excited you know because i i was with horian in, in that place in redondo beach from july he went away for 2 months in uh november december in 79 went to brazil and and then he came back and then i did jiu jitsu for a few more months and I I told him I said I need to get away from my roommates because you know it's they're in the music business I it, I wasn't doing it. I needed a change and when I said, told him I said I need to get new roommates and he said well, I'm looking for a roommate and when we got the place in Hermosa Beach and the very first day First couple days we moved in, you know, Elio Hickson and Carlos Gracie Jr. come and spend a week with us. I was so freaking (laughs) excited because I didn't know to the extent, but I'd heard enough over the year that going oh, you know, Brazil, they're this, they're that, but no one knew that who they were here. Mm -hmm. And then to have a hey, my dad wants to teach you, give you a class. I'm like, okay, and you know, go and have a class with with the grandmaster, and, and then to have, you know, and then Hicks and I got to roll with him a couple times, you know, which thank God I had my sister's super eight video camera and had those little two minute clips are on my Facebook page. Yeah. I mean, otherwise it would just be a memory just to see how, how, how I look, you know, doing jujitsu back then. Yeah. And one of them, I mean, the, the street clothes one, I mean, I was completely wasted.
0: I saw. Oh, really? Where are you? Oh,
2: God. And the street clothes? Because they would. this is something they would do to me and I do for new students. When I'm in someone's guard and they're holding me and I put my arm across their neck, it's so easy to bring the arm across. But back then when you're only in it for a few months and I went to do that just because I was so high, you know, Hickson <laughs> didn't take advantage of me by, by choking me out when I did that but the, 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 core movements were there. Yeah. But just to have that on, on video and then, and then when I went to Brazil a year later and I got picked up by, by uh, Elio Gracie with Helson, you know, and then when I took a picture with me, Helson, Paula's and uh, Elio and his wife, you know, it's
0: like, Thank God you have those pictures because if you were sitting here telling these stories now, people would be like, "No way, get out of <laughs> here! You're crazy." But we've seen him. You know, I saw the, and I think it's with 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 Horion, uh, in in role, in the documentary role, which everybody should go check out. It's free on YouTube. Go check it out. Um, the the video that's there that's that's Horion. That that that's not with Hickson, right? The, that video that's there is uh, your you oh, the one with me rolling.
3: Yeah. You're no, rolling with,
2: I'm rolling with Hickson.
0: Oh, you're rolling with Hickson there. Okay.
2: And then the one with the gi, Horian and his father are watching. There's a big kind of pan okay. out to them and they're watching. And this this was a picture okay. of Hickson and Horian when uh when he came. You know, Hickson's, wow. I think, is yeah. 19 or 20 years old. and I, I mean see a
0: baby.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So that just happened to be sitting here. Um, because I just didn't put it away. But yeah, I mean, so I, I didn't realize how could anyone realize it was going to yeah. be that big, even though Horian told me, you know, that's why it came to the U.S.
0: Yeah, so, you're, you're, I mean, for us now, you look back at it, you're like, this is the history of jiu-jitsu. You were part of that. It's, uh, it's amazing. So now you go. Uh, we're not even going to touch on the UFC yet. We'll get, we'll get to that, <laughs> but so Oops, you start go yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen stay tuned uh so you you are in you train with him you do that first class okay let's fast forward a little bit the challenge matches did you first of all did you ever do any of those challenge matches yourself were you ever you know somebody would come in and, and you'd be the guy
2: i Didn't do uh, like when we went to, um, and this was early on, went to Benny Urquidis's place and Horian was just doing some stuff with Benny Urquidis and, you know, Benny's just, you know, he, the guy's, you know, super talented kickboxer. And, uh, I think kickboxing is what he did. I, I don't remember, but I think five time world champion. And so, Horian and Horian's just, they're just kind of standing and Horian's kind of like standing here. Like this is what I would do. Wasn't really happening anywhere. And I think they may have gone down. I don't really remember because it was so early on, but Benny said to Horian, he said, I don't think it's your art. He said, I think it's you that's that good. So Horian says, no, it's the art. Richard, go put your gear on. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I put my gear on and and I had like less than a handful of, maybe two handfuls of clinching. I mean, I really hadn't gotten against live and I'm like going, holy crap, you know? I said, well, you know, I'm gonna get knocked out or who knows what'll happen. So he just said, Richard, put your hands up. And when I say go, just charge the guy, just clinch him, discharge, keep your hands up, charge and clinch. So I just said, Oh, okay, you know, I hope this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> um so I put my hands up and this guy that was doing it, I mean, I had a brand new blue belt, and this guy had I don't know, I don't know what color his belt was, I just know it was worn. So either the guy put it through the washing machine a lot or he'd worn it a lot. And So he said, go, and I clinched and I pulled the guy down and I started to go for a choke and then Horian stopped it. And I went like, I think, I don't know who was more relieved, me or him, (laughs) but uh, and then the only other thing that I did um, was when we went to that other jujitsu school where these guys were due, it was an American jujitsu school. Mm -hmm. So they're doing really nicely looking choreographed moves. So Horian went in and, and that's when the guy says, Horian, come with, bring your black belts here. Everyone else go over there. So when I went with Horian and Horian says the infamous speech that he always says, you know, what you do looks really nice, but what would you do if, if you like, you know, you're down in the ground, someone was on top of you. And he says, why don't you lay down? And he says. You know, and I'm just there with my gi on. This guy is a black belt. I have a blue belt. He says, Richard, go mount on him. And I'm like, you know, I had no idea what to, I mean, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of practice. Mm -hmm. But so the guy just, you know, did his thing where he reaches up and tries to go for my Adam's apple or a pressure point below it. And then I reached up, you know, a little higher out of reach and he goes to throw me off and I snatch his arm. And Horian claps really loud, just like, nope, let go. And I was like, you know, here, I, I caught the guy, Horian. And uh, and then when we, I laid down, he did this thing with Horian, hold him down really tight, hold him good. And the guy was bigger than me. And I rolled him off and the guy kind of went a little crazy again. But Horian just said, look, he's out. And to me, doing that kind of stuff was... Those two things, plus going into judo schools and rolling with some of the other judo guys, we did a couple times. But back then, I I really wasn't ready for the for the uh, the live fighting because I wasn't training enough. To I mean, remember we were very small, so thank God that I didn't have to do a lot of those because I don't like fighting.
0: What goes through your mind? I could see. Okay, you're somebody comes into your academy. What goes through your mind when he basically had you? If if you could maybe word it a different way than I'm about to, but he's out. He's got you out there looking for challenge matches, right? I don't say picking a fight, but he has you going out there picking trying a fight. to <laughs> picking <Yeah>. fights. Okay, <laughs> we could call it picking fights. What what goes through your mind? I You know, when you guys are getting together and you're going to somebody else's gym, is was there ever a time you were like? What am I doing? Is this guy crazy? We're going to go walk into somebody else's gym where they may have all of their students and we're going to get our asses kicked. Does that ever cross your mind in these situations? No. No, really?
2: Yeah. And it, ne- it never did. Um I was more concerned that somebody would get the blow in and knock him out. Okay. And, you know, but, but you know, in defense of that happening. He said, "Look, anything can happen. We just, we just take the odds. It's like, he said, look, look, Richard, after you learn jujitsu or after you teach your student, the same thing that I say is I'm not saying you're going to kick their ass. I'm saying the odds are in your favor, period. Mm -hmm. So that's what it came down to. It came down to especially back then, because if we're not going to trade a punch, you're going to punch me. I'm I'm not going to punch you back. So I basically got to go in and challenge people just because he didn't want to make the enemy. Yeah. You know, it was, wasn't a big deal. If I just said, Hey, you know, I have this, and I used to say, Hey, I have this guy from Brazil thinks he's a badass, you know, and I'm looking for somebody to shut him up because
3: (laughs) that's, that's how I worded it.
2: (laughs) I didn't say, Hey, this guy knows jujitsu. And this, first of all, that that wouldn't have meant anything because no one knew what jujitsu was back then. And So I just said, this guy, he's got a big mouth and I'd like to see someone shut it, you know? And I, and I, like I said, I heard all the stories about breaking bricks and breaking boards and, you know, it, after a while they became, you know, just nothing to me because it's like, you know, I just said, put up or shut up. You know, and, and he always had the mentality of fighting and that's one of the things that I, I really liked about the way that he was doing it is he he said, look, we have the ability to hurt somebody really bad if we want. But he said, we also have the ability not to hurt them. We can just say, look, calm down. Let's walk away from this. And that's he never took anything that was happening personal. And I and and you know what? The little things that I did, I didn't do either. He just said, be ready, but it's not personal. They're doing what they do, you do what you do. And,
0: Do you know if 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 Horian's read the book? Has
2: uh, I don't think so.
0: No. <laughs> what what is your relationship like with him now? And you know, again, I know in the book, you know, you talk about uh, getting your black belt and being kind of invited back into the family, in a way. Um, but what is your relationship with like it like him currently? You
2: know? As of right now, um, I haven't spoken with Horian for about three or four months. I. I talked to him early on. I told him something about the book. Um, I was going to send him a digital copy, but because there's a couple of derogatory things that I said about what happened when I left, Mm -hmm. I I didn't, it wasn't done yet. I didn't want to, to do it. And he called me up and I told him that, uh, you know, and he said, and so we kind of talked a little bit about it and, I guess he, maybe he thinks that I painted him in a bad light, but it's, there's no question that Hickson walked away for whatever reason, Hoyce walked away for whatever reason, Hoyler walked away for whatever reason. And Horian had a huge responsibility and he kind of went, he was the guy that started it all and he wanted to, for lack of a better term, to be the godfather, to be the guy in on top. Mm -hmm. And so, he, you know, even though I I explained, I said, 90% of everything I say in there is just sing your praises. What you did for Mm jujitsu is amazing. But there was this one little thing that it was, it was more of a misunderstanding of what happened and even if we were to hear this, I mean, look, it's a fact that no one, you know, they're not, they were not working. Everyone went their own ways. So it is the way it is. I, I would there's love one, to There's have a common a conversation. denominator
0: in all of those relationships is kind of what you're saying. Yes. Including yours. There's yes. A common denominator. And if, uh, if it happened with his brothers, there's, you can see the truth in, in, in what you've said in your story, and, and I don't, I, you know, I, I think you're right. I look at it as when I when I read the book, and I hear you talking about it, um, you're being honest in the situation. Look, the, you know, that the whole there's always two. Uh, what is it?
3: Uh, two two sides, sides to every, every story.
0: story, right? Or there's you know two three, sides in the truth. Three there's three sides to every story. There's <laughs> yeah. two sides in the truth. Um, so I, when I read it, I did look at some of it and go, "That's why I'm asking the question." Has he read it? Because there were certain times where I was like, "Ooh, I wonder." You know, you talk about, you know, you're, you're have a relationship with them, with Henner, with heat on, and you get your black belt, finally get your Gracie you black belt from, from Orion. Um, but then I saw these things and I'm like, Ooh, is it okay? like, you know, how, how is that going to be perceived? Uh, but you do sing, you know, like you said, you know, 95% of what you say is, is puts them in the best light. I mean, you're telling the story of, of how this got here and you're telling your side of the story. But I could see how, you know, anyone's going to kind of look at it and go, you know, like, hey, but that's not, you know, again, you still, he has his side of the story and maybe he doesn't right. want to be painted in a certain light. So you guys haven't spoken for three months. You feel like it's because of that?
2: Uh, Yeah, because when we had the conversation, maybe it was a little more than three months. But, you know, I, I look, I'm open to talk to him. I, I don't have any, you know, ill will toward Horian. I mean, yeah what i mean look it, it taught me something i mean i i got to i got one of the best jujitsu educations ever that a person could ask for and it's you know and and i look back at what he did and i mean we wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't for him mm-hmm. you know the other guys that came here um whoever they were like heelson who who or whoever it was, it didn't matter because they didn't really do anything with it. He is the guy that did it. I just happened to be there to, to support him. I mean, I loaned him money before the academy. I loaned him money to get the academy going. I invested in the UFC. All those things were to support was something that I thought was amazing that I wanted to see happen. It just, this is one little glitch that happened mm-hmm. because Horian has always told me, no one is indispensable. No one, you know, my brother, whatever, you know, it's just someone will come and do this next. Yeah. So, you know, I, like I said, I'd be more than and open to to talk with Hori, and I don't mm-hmm.
0: I don't have any ill will toward him. Yeah. Well, I hope it doesn't go years this time. I hope that you got you know like this isn't something that's going to create a, a second rift here. Um,
2: oh yeah, I, I don't. But, I, it's I don't think it's yeah. that big to create a rift.
0: Now, what is your does, great. Okay, so there's Gracie University, right? Where is it literally called Gracie University? Where 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 Heaton and Henner that they own that gym, correct? Yes. Dad's not involved with that that gym. No. Does he still have his own gym? Does he still no. run a gym? So he's out of of the Jiu Jitsu Academy game as far as that's concerned. I believe. As far as I know, of, yes. Yeah. Okay. So so now what what's your relationship with there with the boys? Uh, I mean I, I I I love that part of the of the book, uh, where, uh, you know it was you know you have an attachment to those to those young men those you you saw them grow up and you saw them you know doing the jiu jitsu yeah. and then there's that <laughs> split.
2: I got kicked out of the uh, of the Hermosa Beach house because of on you know,
0: When he was being born. When- <laughs> yeah, when he was born, there was no room for me,
2: so. So I, I'm really, I've been angry. Yeah. Ever since.
0: <laughs> Give him a couple of jokes here and there.
2: Uh, yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I've been, in, you know, like I, I go, well, I was going over, this. it's been almost a year now
3: mm-hmm.
2: since the shutdown here. And, uh, but I used to go to the Academy, you know, I, I didn't really get certified because I would have had to go through their certification training again. Mm-hmm. And I, But I go down there about once a week or so, maybe once every 10 days and help with a, a, a beginning class just mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they had a lot of students in a class. So they'd have a the teacher plus an assistant. So I walk around and, and help people. And uh, one, I also wanted to see a little bit of the verbiage that they were using without having to study it because I didn't want to sit back and look through a book to go over and teach a couple classes a week there. Mm -hmm. You know, it it would have been nice, but the relationship is good. You know, I would go over and talk to Henner and talk to Hidan. You know, Henner lives next door to his mother and, you know, I'm friends with Suzanne. So I would go over there and, and talk with them and see them. And, you know, so things are good. I really like the boys. I like what they've done. I like, you know, their, their place is amazing. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a state of the art Academy. It's huge. It's beautiful.
3: I mean, they're
0: definitely, I mean, they've done a ton for jujitsu and they continue to, Uh, I I love what Henner's doing with the, you know, trying to get jujitsu into police departments. We had an episode recently where we had a police officer on, um, he runs, a. uh, an Instagram and a website called jujitsu five Oh. And yeah, you know, know, we talked a lot about it. I I, I, I think, and I'm the son of a, of a police officer, by the way. So I I know, you know, my, my dad didn't have any of this training. There was no long-term continuing ed that, that I ever recall him going to other than you had to get your gun certification. I think it was maybe once a year or um, maybe once every couple of years. Right. Um, so to 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 hear from police officers that there is literally 8 hours of training per year uh, the guest actually uh, Jason from Jujitsu 50 actually said you know what we say here we have a little saying that a high school wrestler gets more training in a week than a a, a police officer gets in the entire year yeah that was and pretty, that, yeah, that was pretty moving <laughs> yeah that was like i mean when you when you hear it like that um and then again you know Fast forward to to what Hannah's doing. I I think it's amazing. I think that they bring a lot. It's funny because probably before I got into jujitsu, it sounded like they were a little bit under fire for doing things on on the web, like putting classes on the web. And um, I don't know that they would give out belts, but really I think maybe only to blue. There was some type of certification that you can get online to go from white to blue. And they took a lot of fire for that. And now look at where we are. Not only yeah. this year with the pandemic and everyone doing their, you know, moving their their classes to Zooms and, uh, you know, different online portals, but just look at where the world, you know, again, forget about this last year, just look at the way the world is right now. And every, I go, I love going on YouTube and learning moves and pulling up videos and like they were so far ahead of the game and now look at where, where they are and where jujitsu is. I mean, they're, you know, talk about superstars, superstars that aren't doing competitions. I mean, there th- those are two of them right there.
2: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, when they were being attacked, you know, when I saw things on, on, uh, and this is pre pandemic mm-hmm. things on YouTube uh, not YouTube, but, uh, on Facebook, you know, people would, you know, have their, what they thought of it, this and that, you know, and I just said, look. I was trained privately by their dad and by a couple other family members, what they did. And I've seen the guys that have come in that have just learned from their internet, online stuff, come in the Academy, be tested for their stuff and see how good these guys are. And you know what? It is the only reason that they're, that, that they're, criticizing is because they haven't seen it for themselves it's easy to sit back and say oh this is this is crap this isn't what my family did or or what or what jujitsu is about you got to go into a school and train and absolutely you have trained but i got my blue belt in 40 half hour privates that's 20 hours of jujitsu i got my blue belt But you and on all Horian told me was, because it was privately, he said, look, you're three times more effective than you were when you walked in. Now the journey begins. Now it would probably be equivalent to something as what they call a combatant's belt, a white and blue belt, before they start to spar. Because they really hold them back from sparring, which I like to do too, just because if you're sparring earlier than that, you're just a a guy who wants to work out and if you're bigger, you're just, and you're rolling against guys that are smaller than you, it's, you're kind of bullying them because mm-hmm. you're not really using any technique. So.
0: How long you is it before your white belts, your, the white belts at you train, how long is it before they actually see live sparring?
2: Um, well, put it this way. I say, look, I can, I, I like to hold them for at least six months, depending on how often they come. And I'll just say, look, if I see you rolling with somebody that you're bigger than, and you're just kind of like trashing them, I'm going to immediately stop you because what's the point? What's the point of going in there and just kind of like manhandling someone that you're bigger than it, especially if you have the same, if you're on the same level, mm-hmm. I say, you want to roll with somebody, I'll grab one of my purple belts, go roll with them. And then you'll see what the difference is. So, you know, I like to hold them back just because one, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. It's usually the guy with the most experience that gets hurt anyhow. So I just say, just, just practice. The, The idea of sparring is to practice what you've learned. So, and I just say, go slower. Go, I say, go slow, just make, make it fun. I realize everybody wants to test it out. Like I would, I teach a couple of people privately. Um, Wait a second. I'm not supposed to be doing that. I teach. <laughs> you co- you used anyways before.
0: You would do yeah, it. Yeah, that's and right. I will do it again. Yeah. But one of the things that people have said
2: in my class <laughs> when, when I've shown them a move is they, they've come back to me and they say, Richard, it actually worked.
3: <laughs>
2: and I'm like, no, you know, I I meant to show you the crap that doesn't work. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's about learning to do the stuff that I've shown you, not just about throwing somebody and holding them down.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So, you know, I like to hold them back, but I I want people to experience it a little, but you know, it's kind of like, you gotta, you gotta go slow. You gotta be patient.
0: I think, you know, most new students or at least a lot of coaches will let their guys train right away because kind of don't want to, you don't want to lose him. You don't want to lose him as a student and you want, they, I think the mindset of the coach is if this guy's not getting to play around a little bit, because I mean, what's, I know for a lot of guys, what's the most fun part of the class is our live rolling. Right. right? So to, right. to not let them do that, I think a lot of coaches think, well, I might lose this student. He might go someplace else where they're going to let him train earlier. I know for me when, you know, I'm a, I'm a purple belt. When I do get matched with a, it's what my my coach will always. Every time we have a big guy come in, he'll always he makes the same joke. He sees them walk in and he goes, "Milton, Amazon Prime has a delivery for you," and it's, it's always this really big guy. So I, you know, I'm I'm use I'm I'm with those guys that are at you know 200 plus, but you know sometimes up to 265. Um, I'll usually if they're brand new, I will usually they. They, we allow them to spar very early on, but when I spar with them, I'll usually say, okay, what do you want to work on? I'll let them know kind of like, we're probably not going to roll here like you think we're about to roll. Let me start right. in your guard. You start in my guard. Is there anything you want to practice? Do you have any questions about anything? Let's, you know, let's, let's work on something. Right. Um, it's the way I do it because like you said, usually the person that gets hurt is the guy with more experience. Because yes. I'm not trying to kill. him. I'm not trying to just submit him in two seconds. I'm going to let him work. And if he's what we call it, right spazzy, he's going to, I'm going to be the one that gets hurt. So I, I've done that for myself. Again, I'm, I'm a little bit older uh, than most of the people in my gym. I'm 47. I'm not going to Ooh, you're old. Yeah, I'm old. I'm catching up to you, Richard. We're going to be I'm almost <laughs> there. I'll catch up to you soon. Um, Yeah, (laughs) uh, I will. uh, You know, I I make that point because, you know, I want to be on the mats for a really long time. And I've heard the only injury major injury I've had was besides a little, you know, kind of pulled muscle here or there was uh, ACL MCL injury. Before the pandemic. So it was actually the day before I went into quarantine. I thought it was cause... when you cracked your ego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, you know, I've been, babe, uh, up until recently, I've babied the knee. So again, you know, I, I take that tech. That That's me. It does it, I don't tell everybody else that they need to do that. You know, I'm not a coach at my gym. I'm a student. But when I'm going to train with somebody that's brand new, that's, that's the, the route that I take unless they, if they're, you know, once they get more advanced, even as a white belt, then, you know, then we can roll and, you know, then it becomes a little bit more fun. And, you know, once they get that spazziness out of them, I think it's just, uh, it becomes, it becomes fun for both of us. Yeah. I I have a, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Well, no, I I agree. And, and I have a former student of mine started with me at the Academy back in 95 and he, he followed me over to Beverly Hills in 96 And then we lost touch and we just, he emailed Krav Maga because he lost touch with me and they gave him, you know, they hooked me up with him and I started talking. This guy, after he left me, he went to the Machado's and then I asked him how many schools he's been at and he said he's been to about eight different schools Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: you know, just from one, because he moved a lot.
0: Oh, okay, because he moved.
2: Yeah, and uh so he got his black belt about two years ago. And one of the things that he told me, he says, no one teaches the way you teach. He said that, that that kind of mindset, the places that he was at was too competitive. I was saying like, go easy. And other guys would say, okay, we're going and go hard. We're, we're training, you know, and, and it was it's just it was just a different mindset and and i just teach the way that i was taught you know if you're if you have aspirations to become a world champion i can you can start with me and i can give you some good basic foundation but you're i'm not going to be the coach for you if that's the way you want to train it's just it's not going to be a good fit so you know i what i what i do is too much ingrained in me so what were you going to say
0: uh, well, I was going to ask you about a, a specific story. I'm not sure where I, I saw, again, maybe this was in the book. Um, you mentioned Chuck Norris and, and uh, I guess I'm not sure if there was a kind of a split between Chuck Norris and Horian. Did Chuck Norris actually train with you guys at a point? Was he coming to your same, your academy once the academy was open? Uh,
2: no, this is Chuck Norris trained before the academy.
0: Oh, before the Academy. So he was in the garage. Those were the garage days. Well, you know, I
2: don't ever remember seeing Chuck Norris come for class. So he didn't, if he came, he didn't come very, very much, okay. but Chuck was in Brazil meeting Elio and, and Hickson. And then they said that, you know, they have a, uh, cause I guess Chuck was lived in Torrance and they said, our brother, you know, or my son, whatever teaches up there. So he came back and then, you know, in 1988, we went to Vegas in the summer and Chuck invited them, you know, so they didn't spend a lot of time there. And when they had their little falling out, Chuck contacted the Machados and was training with them. Okay. But this was, this was right, probably end of 88, 89. So we didn't see, I didn't see a lot of Chuck.
0: Can can you talk about that split? What happened there? Was there something specific that happened or was that just kind of the brothers all went off? Like everybody went off and started opening their school, their own schools at a point. Did he just go with somebody and then Horian was mad or was there something that happened? You're breaking up. (laughs) There's not something you want to talk about. (laughs) You know what? It's something that,
2: uh, it was just a, a, a misunderstanding as far as I know. And I, Unless I know for a fact, I don't want to comment on anything, okay. but, but they, there was a separation. And Chuck did call up uh, either Hegan or Carlos Machado. And I guess ended up putting them in business. So, you know, I mean, the one thing that I will say, Horian has a very strong personality. And like, there's certain ways that he wanted things done.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and Chuck, uh, you know, whatever, wasn't a good fit for Chuck. Okay. So contacted them and then, you know, and then put him in business. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: So we'll leave that there. So, <laughs> okay. so talk to us about now, how, uh, this may be an odd question, but you essentially have two black belts. <laughs> right. You have your Gracie Jiu Jitsu black belt that you got really second, but you got your first black belt from who?
2: Fabio Santos.
0: Okay. So now, and again, this is where the odd question comes into play. Do you, very specifically, the actual real belt that you got in both of those situations, which one do you wear when you're, when you're training? Which one do you feel like is the true black belt? Is that okay to ask? Um, or does that, I don't want to put that to put the you only in a weird reason, situation.
2: The only reason that I wear the first of all, I have three black belts, three, three physical black belts. I have the one, well, I don't even have the one that, that you know, because I never Fabio just told me, he said, Richard, you're a black belt. I never saw him yeah. personally. He just said, put a black belt on. And I went to the martial arts store to buy a black belt, they wouldn't sell it to me. <laughs> I'm like, what you need a certification. I said, I need a piece of paper that says I'm a black belt. The guy goes, yeah. So I went to Krav Maga. They had a black belt there. I put it around. They said, okay, you know, so, and I, and I wore that for, for years. And then I went to the academy when he called me up and said, Hey, we're, we want you to speak about my dad. And then they gave me that in 2010. And you know, the, it's got some wear on it. And then um, there's a guy named John Iwano, who used to, and he still does make geese. He has, is a Carlson Gracie black belt. And uh, he sells geese and belts. And he gave me a couple of different belts that have like a, uh, it it's almost looks like it's, not laminated but it's kind of it's a permanent stripe on there. Okay. So, I I'm not attached to the belt, but as far as I'm concerned, Fabio gave me my black belt.
0: Okay. That that's I mean, kind of where I was going. That was going to be my follow up if if you're yeah. talking to somebody who's maybe doesn't know about your history and doesn't know about the you know the the two black belts, what what do you say? Who are you a black belt under? You know. I'm a black
2: belt on, under Fabio Santos. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah,
2: because I'm Lowell was his first I was his second Lowell Anderson who I started Beverly Hills Jiu Jitsu with who was a good buddy to this day we were training over at the Gracie Academy we got our brown belts at the same time he got Lowell got his black belt then he gave it you know to me and uh, so you know it was the, the other one was just kind of a recognition like here you
0: know, like ceremonial, more ceremonial.
2: Yeah. Kind of like here, yeah. you know, maybe just something that would, like they said, long overdue or
0: whatever. Yeah. So. Which is still nice.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it says the official Bracey black
0: belt on it. Yeah, that's good. what well, how do you fit into the Dirty Dozen? Or can you give us, can you tell us about the Dirty Dozen? No, I can't. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because
2: the, the list that I saw there, and I don't have it in front of me, but you're like, I think that they... I don't know if Dave Kama is on there. But... And Dave Kama is a Hickson black belt. I didn't know if Chris Saunders was on there.
0: And, and that's so, a list of all the first Gracie Jiu-Jitsu black belts, correct? Yeah. Would be the first 12.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, But... So the list is what some guy thought I contacted them. I said, Hey, wait a second. this is not right. This, this, you know, look, I, I love Dave Kama. Dave Kama is super nice guy, very tough guy. Um, but Chris Saunders was Hickson's first. I know that for a fact, cause I'm good friends with Chris and we've talked about it for years. we got our black belts the same year. So the list, um, whatever it is, Let's just say I was, you know, I was one of the first 2,000 black belts. No, I, I was one of the first, you know, probably 12 to 15. Call okay. it the Dirty Dozen. Maybe I was in there or not. It doesn't the matter. Dirty,
0: the me. Dirty Baker's Dozen.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Dirty Baker's <laughs> Dozen. I was in there, you know, so.
0: It, it, My sense from you, again, from reading the book and your other... You're not so so worried about that stuff. Even the degrees and you, right? It it's about jujitsu. It's not necessary. It's not about the belt. It's not about the amount of stripes you have on your belt. Um And I, you know, I I know for me, I'm I'm at this point at purple on the brink of of Brown. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm happy right here. I, it doesn't, I think, you know, you get to this point, you know, you, so I want stripes and I want belts and when's the next promotion. And I honestly right now could care less. And I, you know, it comes from being out because of the pandemic, having hurt my knee and coming back to it and going, Oh, well none of that really none of that mattered. Even though I've seen other people that were behind me who did train through the pandemic that have, you know, kind of surpassed me now because now they've trained an extra year um, it, I think, you know, the first time we lined up and I was just like, oh, wow, they're on, they, now they're on that side of me, then that side of me, they're on my right instead of my left and nothing really changes. My jujitsu is the same. Yeah. My, their jujitsu is the same. I still love jujitsu. It it doesn't bother me. And now I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'd kind of like to stay here as long as possible. <laughs> I underestimate me at, at, at purple. Uh, I'll be that six year purple belt.
2: <laughs> I was, uh- yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it the amount. Of, oh, I just saw the thing in the background. Team Tsunami. What's that? It, and the the over your right shoulder, there's where a thing where it said. Um, oh oh team.
0: oh yeah, we have a, these logo scrolls. Um, uh, that's uh, High Road BJJ. Do you know who? Okay, they are? well
2: well well, Tsunami Team Tsunami. I thought well, John Iwano's is tsunami jujitsu maybe it's a different tsunami yeah he's
0: on the um it's uh uh, oh my god what's his last name it's high road bjj has uh high road bjj and and high road revolution um one's the gym and one is the uh, kind of their brand okay so it's someone else yeah it's somebody else on the on the west coast uh on the excuse me on the east coast uh that uh that okay. uh, that works with us a little bit, and uh, and yeah. we have a foundation where we award scholarships to kids and veterans, and uh, he's helped and he's donated some money and and kind of right. you know put us on the map a little bit.
2: Well, well, back to the, the stripe thing. I mean, just because I I have six stripes on my belt, I mean, it's it's based what I've heard from. It's just the amount of time that I've spent as a black belt teaching,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, but. But after this past year, I mean, I was so, you know, antsy because I don't have that same kind of, you know, it. it's kind of like people have called, you know, I see why people have gone through a depression and, and why they say suicide rates are are, are up just because I was doing something that I loved and I still love, but just that I haven't been able to do it as much. I feel that, I, I need to be i need to be back over there just because it's giving and it's it's re you know re and every time I get a chance to watch a youtube video i see some stuff that i can tweak in my own game but so what has the stripe done for me i mean it's you know i, you know, I, hate. Th-
0: I, I think it's a, it's a bit i call it cosmetic it's a bit more cosmetic than anything. Um, it's for the student
2: more than it is for me. Yeah,
0: it's for this, you know, you want to keep students engaged, at least, you know, before black belt and when it when, like you said, it becomes a, a gauge of how long you've been coaching you know, for, uh, for myself as a student, it's always, you know, my coach used to do stripes and then he just kind of stopped. He does stripes for the kids, but he doesn't really do them for the adults anymore. So I'm again, sitting there, uh, I have one stripe on my purple belt, but I've had that stripe for two years. <laughs> two years if I include the pandemic, I think we're going on three years. I think uh, June will be, uh, this, right. this year will be three years. So, um, you know, now, as a matter of fact, I told somebody the other day, I think I was just telling my wife, I said, next time it comes off, I'm not putting a new one back on. Cause I, you know, if I, if I wash it or if it just comes off, you know, I, I usually put another stripe back on, but now I'm just like looking at it. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably ridiculous to me, be putting the same stripe back on. So I think next time I'm just going to leave it off because nobody has stripes on their belt in the gym anymore, just because he doesn't. Right. Do right. So, so, you know, one of the things in, in the book that really resonated with me, and this is kind of a, a non jujitsu part of it was your relationship with your dad. Um, I kind there was, there's a parallel there. My, my dad is still with us. I love my dad. He's a great guy. Again, cop, you know, very tough, tough person, um, hard to please, uh, you know, very set in his ways, you know, um, didn't have a dad in his life was raised by his grandmother. Uh, so, you know, again, great man did, you know, raise a, you know, worked hard to raise his family, but I, those, that, that part of the book definitely, you know, resonated with me because you know, I felt you know again I, I saw some parallels there um, especially when you said uh, stop playing ping-pong or somebody told you to stop playing with, yeah stop playing ping-pong with your dad and as recently as just uh, it was his birthday February 23rd and we got together at my sister's house uh, and we the women in our family have made uh, have uh, kind of created a rule um, no talk about religion and no talk about politics when we get together so the ping pong in my in, talk about <laughs> the the ping pong in my world is myself, my brother in law, and my dad get into a room and it's usually two against one with very different political and religious views. Uh so I've been trying to stop playing ping pong even before I read that. But the way that, that you put it in the book, I've I realize, you know, I just really need to stop that. He's just turning 76. He's in really good health, but, you know, he's 76. So, you know, realizing that I need to, you know, kind of just enjoy him while he's here as opposed to worrying about who believes what and what news source you're watching and, you know, so uh, that that again, that was one of the reasons why I was. I think I was sad to put it down because I I wanted more, and it that that alone just helped me realize that okay, I am on the right path. Stop doing this thing that you're doing. So, um, so yeah, I appreciated that. Um, you also talked about. Can, can I can I respond to sure, that? Sure, sure, absolutely.
2: You know, one of the things that 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 was that was a huge huge thing when Dr. Dossi told me that just because you know it made me realize my part in this mm-hmm. because here it came to me when i was in the hamburger business for i remember i started out at 10 years old wow. so i was i was flipping hamburgers from around the age of 10 or 12 up to when this happened with my dad i was probably you know in my late 20s early 30s and when he's telling me where to put the burger on the grill where it would be hotter and I said dad you know go bug somebody else you know there's newer people and you know here I'm I'm like you really have to tell me how to cook a hamburger
3: <laughs>
2: but so I would always I would fight with him at that point and then when I t- told Dr. Dossie he said next time your dad tells you just just say where where do you want it so but sure enough, that's what my dad did. It was automatic behavior as most people have automatic behavior. So when he told me, put it over here, he I mean, my dad would actually look under, see where the flame was hitting the grill and say, put the burger down here. I mean, it could be a half an inch away. I, I, I'm i not kidding.
0: I,
3: I know. So when he would do it,
2: that's why I used to respond so, you know, so when Dr. Nuss- he told me this. He said, Richard, when he tells me, just say exactly where do you want it, Dad? So, sure enough, my dad came up. I said, Dad, where exactly do you want it? And he said, right here. So, I literally lifted up the burger, moved it over a half an inch, the whole line. And my dad, I literally stood there and shook because he was ready for my fight. And he went, you know, he like, oh, okay. And then he walked away. and And I had like... <laughs> oh my God, I was fighting it. And it was my fault. I mean, basically he's reacting. He's just doing what he does. And my ego got the best of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it helps people to know that when you're in an argument with somebody, I mean, either you agree to disagree, or if they're your boss, like my father, Mm -hmm. and they tell you to do something, it, it, it made my relationship that much better with my dad and with other people too, because I, it made me realize I have to take responsibility for, even with my students, if I say something and I kind of see they get a little hurt, you know, I'm not perfect. I get frustrated because I like to, you know, some people don't learn exactly the way you like to, to teach. Let me just tell this no guy. Worries.
3: <laughs>
2: marty Josie, you're on the jiu-jitsu dummies podcast and i can't talk right now but i'll call you back for real? You're, you're live yeah, yeah yeah for real what's
0: up marty how you doing Hello.
2: he he said he said tell marty how you doing so all right, cool. he said yeah shout out to the jiu dummies all right anyways <laughs> i'll call you back okay, man. You. thanks bye-bye there we go. We okay. pick
0: up a new listener now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, Marty is a guy that I met on Gracie Jujitsu Rock's podcast. Okay. And he's become a really, a really good friend. Awesome. So, you know, anyways, I forgot where it was. Anyways, it was just taking responsibility. Yeah. And so when I would see that in a student, I'd say, okay, what can I do? What can I do to make them feel less hurt by our interaction? And, and I would tell them, I said, look, this is me, not you you know, because, you know, your tone of voice, so many things. And I have, I have a very commanding voice when I, when I teach class. And also when I, so when I talk to people that are in my life, I can be very easily sound abrasive. And so he taught me how to keep my voice, which I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a human being and it's, it's easy for me to So for, for listeners out there, just to take responsibility when stuff like that happens, you got to really, it's
0: sometimes you have to take a look, look back at yourself. And, um, you know, again, like the analogy of not hitting it back. Don't sometimes people do want to have a little bit of a battle. Like you, you said, your father was expecting to have that battle. And you yes. didn't hit the ball back. It's habitual. And you didn't know what to do. It's habitual.
1: They, yeah. You develop a habit and you you see That's each right. other and you just feel compelled to get into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You just, I, I, it's I,
2: it's, automatic behavior. Uh, I'm yep.
0: learning that. And it's even funnier is that I have the, you know, you say you have a commanding voice. Um, I've had to learn that just because of my size, I'm like, I'm not, not my size, most of it's here in the middle, but because of my size, <laughs> That sometimes when I talk to people, I even had uh, had a conversation with somebody at my at work. Not only my, my wife has kind of reinforced this, is like, do you understand that it looks like you're about to kill somebody when, you, when you're getting angry? I feel like one of the most gentle people on this planet, yes, I do jujitsu, but I'm not going to hurt somebody. I'm not going to hit them. But she says, you don't understand how it looks when you're coming right. at somebody when you're angry. She's how like, tall you, are you? 5'11". Um, um, okay. 5'11", 235. So... You know, think about, you know, you're speaking to a woman, the, uh, a, a salesperson that you work with or, uh, you know, an account executive and how right. it appears to them when you're maybe getting angry or tense. It's almost like you look like you're going to hit somebody or you might get physical. And I've had to learn that about myself. You yeah. Know? So um, so kind of again, parallel to what you're saying there, it's you have, you have that imposing voice. And I've, you know, been I, I didn't I never realized it. I had to be told and, I, and I'm glad I, I know now because now I try to be smile a lot more. Be a little bit more gentle. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I, I know how all the, now I know how all the
2: seven year olds feel when I'm teaching. When <laughs> <I get
3: that. laughs> it's,
0: like he's, it's funny enough. You know, when I was a kid, I, I quit a karate. Actually uh, I was doing karate, uh, show and rue karate for about three months. I was also a gymnast. I sprained my thumb doing gymnastics and I had to be out. And talk about imposing, we actually had the sensei punched a little boy in the stomach because he was just like a rowdy little kid. Back then, you, you know, nobody would have said, uh, you know, ADHD, but he probably had like ADHD. He couldn't stand right, in right. line and he was just all over the place and always talking. And the sensei punched him in the stomach. Now, he didn't punch me in the stomach, but <laughs> in my mind, yeah. spraining my thumb was the luckiest thing that ever happened to me because then I had some distance from karate and then I quit. But I never, w- I didn't want to go back, and then I had this excuse to not go back because of this, and in, in, you know this, this fear of oh my god, this man, this grown man is going to hit me, hit this little boy. Why wouldn't he hit me? Uh, right. So I definitely, you know, it's one of the things I love about my gym. We have a, a huge um, uh, kids cl- multiple kids, kids classes. We have a, you know, our our core, the the gym's core uh, student base are our kids, uh, oh, and and, I, and you know, it's a, a husband and wife team. Uh, Felipe and Sophia, and they, you know, we have so many girls because there's a female presence. Most of the coaches are female, uh, and then you know we have Felipe who is just incredible with the kids. He does, you know, after school programs and they do camps. And uh, through the pandemic, you can bring your kid into the school and do that. He could basically do their homeschooling while the parents were able to go to school still. Uh, so um, they've just you know been incredible with that and never seen that happen. Even when he gets angry because he's such a fun loving person and everybody kind of knows he jokes, not that anybody looks at him and goes, ah, he's not, but you know, he's not going to hurt you. It it comes across different. And, and I've kind of learned a little bit of, uh, of that and trying to use that in my personal life of how to, you know, not, I guess, it to not look like a switch like oh god there's this crazy switch and he's going to come at you now you know he's yeah. people know that he's still like this you know for the kids at least he's a gentle giant and he's never you know they can feel comfortable even when he's mad at them that he still has their best interest in heart and and he's going to take care of them so i, I right. really do love that about my school and the kids program how what ages do you teach there at Krab maga is it all adults do you have any kids programs there as well
2: They have kids programs. I didn't have a kids program just because they, you know, what, what would happen is, um, a couple of the guys would bring their kids in and and do, they do privates or semi-privates with
3: me. Mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, I started at, uh, they they were probably just before their 10th birthday.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So there was only like, just like a handful of people that would do privates and and uh, there's a woman that works on my body physically. And I was doing, I was teaching um, her five-year-old and her husband. Her husband is like six one one ninety. 190 Her five-year-old is a little smaller. I think he's six. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> a little smaller.
0: It's a tiny bit smaller, a little bit. You know, you know the
2: guy's, a, he's a five-year-old, yeah. you know, so. I teach teach him a half hour class and I basically do something with one and then do something with another, but they couldn't work together just because he doesn't know how to work with a a child and I know how to work with an adult and a child. So, and, but that's where I love, I love teaching um, kids and women, you know, and, and it it used to be kind of a running joke because the guys, you know, especially when I was younger, they'd say, oh, we know how you like rolling with women. And I said, I like rolling with women, not for the reason that you think. It's just that most of them aren't trying to prove, you know, with their ego, mm-hmm. trying to tear my head off. They really, they learn faster. They, their egos are, most of them, put aside. And they just want to learn the technique. They want to, you know, so when I'm rolling it, I'm not worried that they're going to try to rip my arm off or take my head off. Yeah. So, and, and because I like to show the technique. I don't like to defend against somebody who wants to see if I know the technique because, you know, I just said, guys, look, I, I don't, I don't need to prove myself. I'm just showing you something so you can practice. So, you know, I wish there was, you know, and there started to be before the pandemic, I started to get a decent, I'd say 30% of the, of the, of the classes were women. So, which is, which is great because, you know, and Krav Maga, they, they'd come watch the sparring and they would just walk away from the door. And a few of the Krav Maga teachers that were taking my class, they would kind of, they would come after them, and say, hey, you got to come and take Richard's class. Don't worry about the sparring. Just come and take the class, see what it's about. And once they would take one class, they're hooked. They would tell one another their, one of their friends. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. No, again, go back to what we said before. If you can get him, if you can get somebody in, in, into the class, you know, it, it's, they're either in or out. There's really not a lot of yeah. between, you know, you're either hooked and you're like, I, I need more like you and I did. And then there's right. some people that just, yeah, it's not for me. No, sweat dripping in my eye. Not, not for me, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> grown man's butt sitting on my face. No, not, I don't think so. You know. So, you you know, Richard, you just mentioned, uh, you, you said that somebody that, uh, somebody who, a woman that works on your body, right. Yeah. you said, so let, let's talk about that because again, as somebody, you know, I started just before my 41st birthday, I'm 47 now. Um, and I am, I'm constantly speaking about this, even to the younger guys in my class, I'm not telling them not to train, but I'm telling them to take care of their body. And for me, part of that is, you know, putting, you know, taking breaks, can't train seven days we can train seven days a week at my gym we have classes seven days a week but telling you know it's okay to take a break you're not being a a wimp you know you have to let your body heal and i i I, usually the young guys don't listen to that until they get their first major injury you know they do a competition or something like that talk to us a little bit about how you take care of yourself like well, you know what is your advice what are you doing for yourself uh, and then I'd really like to talk a little bit about it maybe learn a little bit more about I believe it's neuro, neurosoma is Neurosoma is one
2: one of the one of the um um uh, names that they've called it okay it's, that was coined by a woman that learned the technique and she just put her own name on it okay. there's also might be called something else. The guy who taught me called it neuromuscular therapy. There's quite a few things. The main thing is that the principles come from a guy named Thomas Greiner, who wrote a book called what's really wrong with you, how your muscles affect your health. And I started getting worked on by this guy when I was, uh, it was in 1993, or 92. When I went, I went to a a uh, whole life expo is kind of a new age type of thing. And I'm walking around, looking at all this stuff. And, uh, and this chiropractor who's say, has a sign says $5 for 10 minutes. And I went like five bucks. What the hell? And I laid down on the table and the guy worked on my neck and my neck felt so much better just in a short amount of time. So I took his card and I said, what do you charge? And this is 92. He says, I charge a hundred dollars an hour. And I said, well, don't expect to see me anytime (laughs) soon, but uh, I'll keep your card. And then a few months later, I got injured teaching class. I went to this guy who I knew who did trigger point therapy. I couldn't lay down on the table. I couldn't lay flat. So he tried for about 15 minutes to try, you know, working on me and it just like it was excruciating so I had this guy's card and I called him up and I said look I told him I got hurt and uh and I told him what my experience I said I can't lay down flat and he says Richard just come over and I'm like dude you don't understand Hmm. and he says just come over so I went to his office and uh he put me in side posture and said don't straighten out I went like, oh, duh. (laughs) But at the time, you know, I I didn't know. And he worked on me and then, and it helped. And then, and then he also took it as a work comp, which he didn't want to do because they don't pay. And so after months, about three months of getting regular work, he took care of the one particular problem. But the other side of my neck that I always felt that I had a catch, I couldn't turn my head back. He started working on it. He started feeling over there. He goes, this is your problem. This is your real problem. So I, he started working on it. And then I came out of his office after about three months. And when I'm driving home now, remember, this is pre cell phone or if you had a cell phone, it was $2,000. Yeah. A, <laughs> yeah big bucks. So I drove home. And as I drove home, I looked over my shoulder and as I looked over, I had full mobility to turn my head. And I went, son of a bitch. I was so excited. I got home. I called him up at his office, left him a message going, you're not going to believe it. You know? And so that was like, my neck is better now than it was in my early forties. Wow. And when I when and when, if something does happen where I get injured, I know the therapy that I want done. And, Granted, I haven't been on the mat, haven't done a lot of competing, but I used to spar regularly back in the day. And the guys that have done it have either had a knee surgery, a back surgery, a neck surgery, a shoulder surgery, or an elbow surgery. I have, that's not three surgeries, that's zero.
3: Zero.
2: (laughs) Because when I, and and I've had some pretty bad, I mean, back 15 years ago, I I seriously thought that I was going to need a back surgery. I mean, just from teaching classes so much and having guys pass my guard only on one side, I mean, my butt muscle, and the lower back on that side, I mean, it was so, so bad. I mean, I couldn't straighten up. I couldn't sleep. I mean, I was up I was sleeping two hours a night for a week and it was 20 minute increments. It was in such pain. And I was like, Oh, what the hell am I going to do? And it took me probably two months to recover. And all I did was this work and I saw different people and I kept coming back to this. And, you know, it's something that has really saved my body. I get worked on regularly um, just because it's kind of like maintenance. And if there's little, I mean, it's not to say that I'm completely healed, mm-hmm. but it's, I know what works and what helps me. I mean, I'm standing straight up. So it's, it's, it's really saved my body and it taught me something to do. I mean, I, cause I do, I do have a couple clients that I work on. So, you know,
0: So ad- advice for, Advice for somebody that's getting up there in age, you know, thirty, forty, getting into fifties, they still want to train. 30s. What, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no thirty. Yeah. No, no one in particular years. in mind at all. No, yeah. Well, no fifty-three-year-old no, no producers yeah. or anything. <laughs> what
0: What's your you know, advice to those young guys about, you know, taking care of your body? I, I I always say it's probably the one thing that I wish I I did better in the beginning. At only seven years in, I've only really been paying attention to it you know, massage therapies and going to the chiropractor and, um, you know, massage guns. And I've got all, you know, inversion boards. I've got it all now. And I've really just done all those things in the, in in the last two years. Um, But again, you know, now with some of my smaller injuries, me trying to preach it to the guy saying, look, this is where you're going to be if you keep on training like that, not saying not to train saying, be careful when you train and don't be scared to take a little time put a day between training. Because I know what that five training, I actually used to do six days a week, six days a week, two hours a day. And the sixth Oof. day was an open mat when I first started. And like, I'm still in my forties and I, I, it was okay. But you know, two years in, I tell a well. the, the true story about my wife. When I used to get out of bed in the morning, like she would see me struggling and we just started doing this thing where she'd take her foot and push me out of the bed to help me up. That's the truth. And even, you know, every once in a while now I'll be like, ah, you know, and she'll, she'll help me like push me, babe. (laughs) She'll push me with her foot to, to help me get out of bed. That's not a fun feeling. And I don't want that to be, you know, something that I'm doing. That were, I I don't want any of that to be so, that something that stops me from doing jujitsu. Maybe
2: she's just kicking you out of bed. Yeah, right. It's Just practice
1: for old age. She's like, just, oh, yeah, you let
2: me know, help you. I need to get married. Yeah. Do yeah. you ever see
1: why why older people have two separate beds? <laughs> yeah. That, <that's> very, <laughs> I love Lucy style. Yeah, exactly. Well, well,
2: the the thing is that I think of right away is is
0: no cauliflower. Good ears. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. So one of the things about good ears, it's not that I haven't irritated my ears. Mm. It's just that when I've irritated my ears, I've had to rest when that happens. I mean, I've gone home from sparring and all of a sudden I put my head down on the pillow and well, like, whoa. And I'd use a warm washcloth and put a compress on it just, you know, for a few minutes, you know, do it for a few times a day. And I wouldn't go back and roll until the pain was gone. And some of these guys it happens and they go back and roll and they get these huge cauliflower ears because they're so motivated to keep getting better. And if, if that's the way you have to train and you're doing this for a job or you're doing this to, because you want to be a a champion, I, I listened to something. um, I forgot the guy's name, but he's a, an Ayurvedic, a trainer and one of the things that he has shown because he's done studies with this is that rest is a huge factor when it comes to competition and you have to know that you you have to be able to rest and if you go back the next day you're not even like guys i i see people that when they were training Krav Magad, they'd be taking two three classes a day every day and you know having some symptoms having really bad headaches and i you know, I would speak with people. I go, hey, you got to give it some time. Rest is a part of building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that I talked to Steve Maxwell, because Steve's older and he goes, you know, he, he's changed his whole thing about the whole kettlebell thing. And, you know, he said, it's you got to go really slow. The older that you get, you need more time to rest. And if you're not feeling 100 percent, the guy in the Ayurvedic book, I kind I wish you remembered his name. Um, one of the things that he did when he was, and he was training world-class athletes. He said, what he would do is he would take a baseline, their pulse, and then they put them through a hard workout. And the next day he would take their pulse. If the pulse was up by 10% or more, a very light workout or no workout, because it means that you're, you're repairing and you need to rest. And the the following day, if it was like that, you'd rest again. You wouldn't come back and train until you got that baseline pulse. Because that meant you, you, the repairing is there. Mm -hmm. The only other thing that I really recommend is that people, and I don't know if you, you know, I know you probably use a a foam roller. I use, I did.
0: Now I use something called the chirp, but yes, I have used a foam roller.
2: Okay. Is it a soft foam roller?
0: Can you take the thing and
2: bend it in your hands? It's
0: like one of the noodles for the, like the bigger, you know, fatter versions of like the pool noodles, you know, those foam. Okay. So it's bendable. Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. Because that's the only foam roller that I would use. And I learned it a few years ago from uh, a doctor that I went and saw one of my students, I went and saw his father-in-law and it's something called the melt method, M-E-L-T and she teaches you how to use that thing properly. Okay. And I recommend my clients, my students. I said, look, you want to do something, you know, if you don't want to see me as much, then learn the melt method. Do these, do this little thing because it's really helpful. So, and and you know, so many people. Jujitsu is so much fun, and you have such a good time. It becomes an obsession. Yeah. So
0: I was uh I was definitely ups obs- I'm I s I still think I'm obsessed, but I'm smart about the obsession. <laughs> right. You know, right. I'm a little bit smarter about uh I'll usually I do open mats. We do an open mat on Saturday and Sunday. Those are usually the only two days that I'll work that I'll train that days back to back that I'll train back to back. Um usually it'd be like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, or now I've been just because of work and the podcast I've been doing Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. We did an open mat last night. So now I think I could be able to do like, uh, you know, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. But I like to, I feel so much better. My training goes so much better. Uh, I don't, you know, have to have my wife push me out of bed <laughs> when I keep a day in between training sessions. It's right. just what I, right now, it's what I do now. And again, it's, you know, get banged up a little bit. And especially if I train hard, get banged up a little bit and then take a day off you know so right. uh, that that's where i am and and again i i'm definitely trying to impart that on guys that are coming up behind me so, look it's like you say unless you're doing this for a job unless you are trying to be a world champion training in the gym like you're competing like that is an actual competition doesn't really get you where you think it's going to get you it's probably going to get you hurt it's not getting you a championship you're only beating up on guys that are going to wind up not wanting to train with you if you're going to go that hard every, every sparring session. Uh, and ultimately, you're not going to last because something's going to hurt, something's going to break, something's going to get pulled, and then you're not going to be able to train at all. And then you're going to be yeah. forced off the mat. And I never want that. After my knee – I said, wow, I never want to be in that position again where I can't train. I mean, it was, you know, talk about the, you know, the mental health aspects of jujitsu for me, that that stress release that, that I wasn't getting. Then, I, then I'm working at home. I'm here all day with my daughter. She's doing her homework. She's in her, you know, doing her homeschooling. I'm out here in the office doing, you know, doing my work and barely ever leaving the house. That was a hard, I mean, that was a good six, nine months. And I've just recently gotten back to training. So just losing that, the mental health aspects, that release of the stress that I just wasn't having, I never want to go through that again. And now, you know, if you train you, that's likely that something's going to get hurt. And I just hope it's never for that long. Uh, But I'm trying to tell these guys, you know, and and usually people don't see it. They, they, they don't do it or they don't heed the warning until they get, they get hurt. And almost everybody gets hurt at some point, something hurts and that'll keep them off the mat.
3: Yeah.
2: And even if you're training because you want to be a world champion, there's mm-hmm. still a certain amount of rest that you need to have. Yeah, You need to find the right people and train smart yeah. because, it, you know, it's talking about lasting. You want your body to last. I mean, this is a marathon. Yeah. And if you burn, first of all, you get burned out. I see guys that they're not on the mats anymore because they're burned out and, and their body can't take it anymore. And I see mm-hmm. you need to train smarter.
0: Last night I got my thumb caught. I was rolling with a with a, a girl in our class, the toughest girl, love her to death. This girl Flo, and my finger got caught in her rash guard. She just kind of she reversed me. I'm on the bottom, and my finger just got caught like that. And my first thought was oh my God! Am I going to be out again? Because the initial pain was there. I was like, mm, that went a little too far. It's been great today, so no problems. But that's the first thing that went through my mind. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to be off the mat. No, come on! Ah, it's what went through my mind, you know. So, um, well, I'm I'm going to go through. A, a, we do a little speed round here at the end of, of each podcast. I call it a speed round. I probably need to rename it. It doesn't mean that you have to answer these fast. These are. Three or four. Uh, what do we have? Uh, about five different questions, actually, that we ask almost every guest. Uh, so I'm just going to go that down one by one. You can elaborate as much as you want. I'm usually not going to jump in and answer.
2: Okay. So is, yeah. as soon as before you do it. Sure. Wait a sec. Are we done? I had another no, couple hours.
0: In we're not, no, we're no, not. No, 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 we're good.
2: We're no, not we're, no we're, not.
0: Getting, we're not. I'm getting hungry. So I'm good. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not done. Dinner. And we'd always love to have you back because there's so much more that I know we could talk about. Okay. So I'll start with number this. one here. Well, if you could go back in time, what would you tell the white belt you? Um,
2: relax and enjoy it and don't be less critical.
0: Yeah. Now, other than achieving the rank of black belt, what is your ultimate goal in jujitsu? What would you like to leave behind, let's say? Um,
2: basically, the principles that that I learned, I want to pass on to as many people as possible. I want people to know that those principles and to know the lineage that comes from here. That's, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's a, I don't need to be they don't need to know me although they will but it, to, so many people don't know even know the name Corey and Grace yeah and that's where it started and and since I helped support him and I I just want them to have those principles the people that I show you know because Hick, I've heard Hickson and other guys talk about what's happening to jiu Jitsu today and so I, I want to spread the way it's been given to me
0: okay. What is the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on the mats or in your gym? I,
2: I, you know, when you say crazy, like like
0: I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. We've had um, somebody threw up next to, right next to somebody's face while they were in guard. Um, oil checks are always a pop- popular one.
3: Nice. Um
0: <laughs> What else? But we've had so, we've had some weird ones. Um, I mean, I'm sure you know with all of the challenge matches. I, I mean, there's we've talked about a little bit of that craziness. But free, free feels you, Yeah, you know. Um,
1: broken, you know so, broken things. Uh, yeah, we've
0: had a couple of you know, or, or seeing seeing other people's limbs break. Who? Um, what's that? Ooh. I oh, ooh. Is, I think you uh, said who? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, we can we can move on if you don't have an uh, an answer yeah, for that I, one. Yeah, there's nothing that
2: really stands out.
0: Okay, what is your biggest regret as it relates to jujitsu?
2: Um, that I wish I would have done more when I was younger.
0: More jujitsu.
2: More jujitsu. Yeah. While, while, while I could. Well, I can be on the mat and do
0: more. Okay. Now, the last one here. This is this is the big one. You see, you you mentioned something before. I mentioned something before, but this is a this is the question that gets us into a lot of fights here. Our podcast <laughs> before the pandemic, when we st- there you go when we started, it, we were it was always a roundtable and we'd have our guests come in. We started doing the zooms because and one on one interviews because of the pandemic and I love them. I love them. Um, but we've always had this debate and usually where there's a lot of back and forth, but the question is, do you, or do you not wash your belt? I do not. You do not wash your belt. Why don't you wash your belt?
2: Um. It, it, well, right. Well, put it this way. I used to, when I was really doing training and the guys that were sweating, okay, you know, it would get wet. But now, I mean, I, I teach, okay. so my belt really—the only, the only grime that's on it is when I take my hands and I tie the belt.
0: That's so, a, that's a team wash your belt, Bo. That's a team. He washed his belt when he trained. So it, we're gonna it, it, we have to put you down, Professor, on the team wash your belt side. We have team washer your belt hashtag team wash your belt, and then we have hashtag powers in the belt. People that say they don't wash it because they feel like they're washing the way the technique, which I still find strange. Every time I say it. that's
2: bizarre. I mean, you could, <laughs> you could hand wash it. You don't have, to, I used to throw it in the machine, but people could hand wash just to get some of the, the uh, the shit off the belt. Can I say that?
0: Yes, you can. Okay. Yes, you can. I think I was wa- when I was watching roll today, uh, uh, Chris Howder, he says he's never, he his black belt. And if you've seen his black belt, I mean, it's literally falling apart and frayed. He said he's never washed his belt, ever. Yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, and his reasoning is, I believe that you should have at least one molecule of your opponent's sweat. Everyone you've ever rolled with, you should have a molecule of their sweat sweat in your belt. But then he does go back there. He does go on to say, but come on, you know, the technique is in you basically the technique is in you not in the belt so he doesn't wash it but i don't think he subscribes to the powers in the belt so yeah
1: it's that he's a colorful character
0: oh yeah yes (laughs) i love watching his interviews i love watching his when he does uh when somebody can get him on video when he does a seminar Uh it's it's hilarious i'm not sure if you've ever seen one of the videos yes i have yes that's why i said he's a character they're hilarious i love them so R- yeah. Professor, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm gonna hold up the book on my end, Bo. You wanna can we get a, a, yeah, s- a shot sure. just of the just book? Hold it right in front of you. Yeah, we'll worth stick it out there. Worth defending. Lower it.
2: Uh,
1: lower uh, it. Oh, lower for
0: it. You. oh no. Oh wait, no, the camera shots up here though. That's the that's just you. That's the only one you could see. Oh, okay, we're gonna get okay. it on the camera up here. <laughs> okay. Worth defending. I reckon I've already told a buddy of mine that I'm going to give him the book. I was talking about it last night. We were actually talking about the whole, you know, taking care of yourself, what we just discussed here at the end. Said so I really want you to read this book. And I think that you're going to understand where I'm coming from. And, and he is, you know, he's somebody that's saying, you know, I'm realizing that I, you know, and he likes to roll light. He's there for the self-defense. His son does jujitsu. So we were talking a lot about the book and I told him I was going to pass it along as, as soon as I, uh, I finished last night. So Again, thank, you. thank you again so much for doing this. Is uh, anybody you want to say hello to? I usually give, uh, you know, uh, the uh, guys a, a chance to shout out their sponsors and say hello and thank you. Do you have anybody that you'd, you'd like to, to well, say hello I mean, to? I,
2: I think, you know, one, I, I like to always mention, you know, Scott for mm-hmm. taking the uh, the time to reach out and he put a lot. You know, he's kept the, the project going when I was going through a hard time. And, and he did a, he did a great job writing the book. If it would have been me that would be writing this book, I mean, I'd still be sitting here going, okay, (laughs) how do, how do I start this thing? Yeah. Um, and just, you know, the, the support system that I have with my family, you know, my mother, you know, God bless her. She's still alive and kicking and going to be 95 soon. And my two sisters and brother, you know, and, uh, and and the places that have, you know, that I'll go back to when this pandemic is over and uh, hopefully soon because, you know, it's jujitsu's in my blood. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that's about it. And, you know, again, I give thanks to Hori and Gracie. Thank you for, you know, for bringing jujitsu to this country. And, uh, and, and being my teacher, because I, I, I learned so many things from
0: him. Yeah. So. That's a good place to end. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's great. Came full circle. Well, again, professor stick stay there for a second, but, uh, we're just gonna, uh, we're going to do a little housekeeping, but I'm going to talk to you in just a second. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll kind of come back. Uh, okay. So again, thank you for being with us. We appreciate you guys. Everybody else, stick around. We're gonna do a little housekeeping in a second. Thank you. Wow, man, that was great. Really appreciate uh Professor Richard brussel coming on the show. Yeah, What'd he's you think? Uh,
1: that's that's like you saw him in motorsports. You know, that's like talking to to you royalty. know royalty Derek Bell. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, we we could have we could have stayed on. You must be pretty blown away to be like. This is um, a historic person in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, a
0: little fanboying, a little bit of fanboying, again. <laughs> after, especially after reading the book. Uh, and again, I really do recommend reading the book. I'm not a big book reader. This is I'm not lying when I say this Me is the either. first book I've read. I've listened to a ton of audiobooks recently. Well, I wasn't kidding about years. Dr. Seuss either. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely couldn't put this down. It was also good that I had a mission to get it, to read it before the, the before we had him on. But at the same time, it was, I really, that sense of loss that I said I had, like there was a weird sadness, not sense of loss, but a sadness. I just wanted to keep on reading. I want to look, hear more of these <laughs> stories. So it was, but it was like sad, but then, oh, I'm going to have them on the show and it'll, you know.
3: You got to bring them back again. Look,
0: we wound up, I, I barely asked any of the questions that I, that I had that I know, you know, I normally have a list of questions to make sure that, you know, we covered, you know, lots of little things and. I didn't ask most of it
1: because... You get, we could have a four-hour show with
0: him. Yeah, we could keep on going. and We'll definitely... I, I I'd love to the, have you back, Professor. I don't professor. think the recording
1: thing actually goes <laughs> four hours. It only does three hours, 23 minutes.
3: So. <laughs> so let's
0: do a little bit of housekeeping here, folks. Again, thank you for sticking around. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I wanted to say about, you know, sponsors and our housekeeping specifically, look, these, uh, these things and these companies help us keep the show going. You know, so we really appreciate... You not only going to these companies and, you know, buying their products like Flow and Roll and Fightback, but we also appreciate the donations so that we could do the scholarships and, you know, the, the Patreon supporters and things like that. It really does help keep this going because, you know, we're self-funded. We, we don't have a rich, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: uh, we don't have a rich uncle. Uh, we don't have a sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no. So. No sugar daddy. Uh, the foundation, uh, you can find the foundation GoFundMe link in the description you know, we hope to be awarding our next scholarship, one-year jujitsu scholarship. We'll pay for their entire uh, year of jujitsu. We send them a gi, send them a rash guard. And uh, you can, uh, again, find the link in the description, donate through our GoFundMe. If it's easier for you, just go to Instagram, at Jujitsu Dummies, go to the link in our bio, and it'll actually just open up and give you all the different ways that uh, that you can work with us or, or, or help us out. Uh, Now, if that's all too confusing, just donate right on Facebook or Instagram at on Instagram. It's at the JJD Foundation on Facebook. Just go to facebookcom forward slash the Jiu Jitsu Dummies Foundation. Just spell it all out right there on the top of each page is a donate button. You can help us out, whether it's five dollars, setting up a recurring donation, whatever you want to do. Every little bit helps keeps us on air. It keeps us uh, putting out these scholarships and. um you know, Again, I'm sure uh, you know, you'd know you love to hear us just as much as we'd love to keep on doing these. <laughs> All right, so we also now, one of the cool things that we do with Flow and Roll, again, hats off to Sean for doing this for us and with us. For every $50 you donate, you're able to get either a free embroidered belt or a coffee mug. So you can get one of the coffee mugs here, Bo. You want to show them the mug on the table, oh, right? Yeah, sure. So we've got the foundation mug that we send you, or you can get an embroidered, a belt from flow and roll. If you go to get a belt, if you buy a belt anywhere online and then also ask for it to be embroidered, you're probably going to spend probably 40, 50 bucks total. So if you donate 50 bucks, we're going to send you one for free. Think of it like that. You could check out uh, our podcast store at jujitsu Shop. Get 15% off with code JJD. You know, we always say we've got ranked rash guards, tees, face shields, backpacks, coffee mugs, Free shipping on orders over 50 bucks. Um, one of the really cool things we're doing now uh, with Flow and Roll, once again, with Sean at Flow and Roll, we're doing our first podcast tee with Flow and Roll. So we're working on the design now. Hope to have it out to you within the next month or so. Uh, and it's going to be the first time that we're going to have a podcast tee for sale on somebody else's site. So excited to do that. Uh Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. And for those of you who don't know uh, Justin, um, he's doing some incredible things for people. You know, he's awarding scholarships and paying for people's jujitsu and their gis. Uh, if you've got a substance abuse issue or mental health issue and you want to get into uh, to jujitsu as a means of, of therapy, he's the guy to speak to. Send him a direct message. It's not just about if you order from him. Send him a direct message and, and he might help you out or point you in the right direction. Um, okay, last but not least, uh, support the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation on Amazon Smile. Again, go to our Instagram, uh, find one of the Amazon Smile posts, swipe left, and you'll actually see the instructions for setup or just Google uh, Amazon Smile setup. It'll lay it out for you right there on the first page of Google and you can Basically, what it does is donates just a portion of your order, like 0.05%, I think it is, Bo, to uh, just directly to the foundation. And again, we use that money to award scholarships. Uh, That's it. Got anything, Bo? No. You want to give them your handle? Oh. Which handle do you want to give today?
1: Handy underscore wisdom. Go check He's him out. My, if my you, little buddy.
0: He is little buddy. You'll, you'll <laughs> like it. It's really funny guys. I'm uh, at uncle milty BJJ on Instagram. Check me out. Uh, I also handle for the most part, anything that you guys send to at Jujitsu dummies on Instagram. So that's me on the other side of that almost all every time. So if you have any questions, uh, you want to work with us on the show, you want to sponsor, you want to give something away. Um, just, we're doing some really cool things on the page. Like we said before, uh, just, hit us up send us a dm we'll almost always answer you within just a few hours and uh, you know we're excited to to work with you guys if if, uh, if you want to do something with the show so listen thank you again for watching and listening everybody stay safe loose
3: <laughs> <inaudible>